I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Episode 294 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from June the 26th 2023 and story number one comes from Anonymous. I've got quite a few things I could share but it's all such a jumble in my head. The more I think about sharing the more things I can recall. I'll start today with recurring dreams. In my childhood I had a few. The hat man was one of them I didn't realise until I was an adult how common this phenomenon was. In my dreams I would be frozen in fear and he would approach me from behind and to the side a bit. We would both be standing and I could see him clearly in my periphery. He was like a black faceless silhouette in a very distinct wide brimmed hat and he would get as close to me as he could without physically touching, his face right next to my face. And then after a period of dread, there would be a horrible loud sound right in my ear. I can't remember what the sound was exactly, but it was extremely upsetting, and I would wake up crying. I have very sensitive hearing, and anything going near my ears or above a certain noise level causes me extreme distress, and I guess he knew that was the button to push to tip me over the edge. I've read or heard so many Hatman stories at this point, but none with the noise. The second recurring dream I'm going to share is very different and I've not heard of anybody else experiencing something similar, but I can't help but feel even to this day that it was supernatural in nature. I would like to give a trigger warning now for child abuse. My dream always started in the same place. It was my grandmother's house and it would feel completely real. At this time she had a big window sliding door that led out onto an open porch at the side of her house. Whenever I had this dream, the family members present might change or the time of year or what we were doing, but there would be a point every single time where I would glance at the window to the porch and a Native American man in native attire sitting on a horse would be waiting. I knew he was there for me. No one else could see him and I would be terrified and crying, but also compelled to walk out, get on the horse with him and leave my family. I was never scared to be with him, I was more scared of leaving, it's really difficult to explain. He would then take me to his people without saying a single word and leave me with the women. The place where he took me was not modern though, it was as if it may have been historically. I distinctly remember sitting on the dry earth in the open air with the Native American women as they showed me how to make red paint, and then the dream would be over. What I didn't know when I was five, or really until I was about eleven, was that in my home life I was being abused in every way. It's sad, but often when children don't have a frame of reference that they're being abused, they just think that's the way life is. 
My mother and grandmother worked very hard to keep me away from my father's side of the family. I know now it was so that I couldn't tell them about anything I was going through. Anyway, without turning this into a novel about my disturbing childhood, I started to become aware that my situation and my family was not normal when I was roughly 11 years old. This is also when the dream stopped. I eventually fought like hell to live at my father's side of the family, who had actually been trying to get custody of me ever since I was a baby, and by the time I was 15 I was safe and protected legally. I am going to be 40 in a few months, and I still think about this dream a lot. I don't remember even seeing a film portraying Native American people before Dances with Wolves, and that came out way after I started having these dreams. I can't imagine why the dreams would have manifested this way, but they did and they're burned into my memory. Was this man an ancestor, a guardian? He was always the same man. He seemed to know I needed to leave years before I had a clue. I was so scared to leave, yet the man felt safe and the dream was always the same. I stopped having the dream when I consciously began to accept that the way I was growing up was not right. My grandmother used to often tell us that we had blood from a few different Native American tribes, in minute percentages, as it was so many generations back. But I had my DNA tested recently and it doesn't appear to be there. First of all, it goes without saying, Anonymous, that I am so sorry that you had such a difficult childhood and I'm so glad that you were able to get out of that and have other family to move in with. It makes me think about Hatman again. I think about Hatman probably far too much. For somebody who never comes to visit me, I do think about Hatman way too much. And I wonder is it, it if he does feed on negativity. Like I often slag him off on the podcast about how he just spends his time watching young people or watching people when they're in distress. And is that it? Like does he rock up when people are in distress? I just find it kind of implausible that if people are super stressed out they're super stressed out they're in a really negative situation in this case they're going through an abusive childhood and the human mind being so complex and we don't even understand our own brains you know why would all of these brains create the same entity to represent that stress and trauma or maybe the hat man just is an entity that represents stress and trauma like that's that's just his job and anonymous you are so right when you say that when children are in abusive households, they often don't even realise because they have absolutely no frame of reference. So it does seem like that dream about the Native American man coming on the horse to take you away seemed to be some indication that something either in you knew or something externally knew that the situation you were in was not a good one and you needed to be taken away from it. Again, it's so interesting that it's always the same man. It was always the same story. He took you away you weren't frightened of leaving but similarly you didn't want to go and he took you to the women who would show you how to make red paint. I mean that is to have that over and over again it is definitely strange. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And story number two comes from Sarah. For a little background about myself, should I give my height and my weight for credibility? I have been sensitive to the unseen for as long as I can remember. I say unseen, though at times I can view some of these things with my mind's eye. Other times it's just a feeling or a sense with no visual at all. And other times it's just very strange experiences happening with absolutely no explanation. I've had a multitude of incidents occur throughout my 35 years of existence, but I will keep this telling to a few and write in again later with some others. After graduating high school, I went away to college in Detroit, Michigan. While Detroit has its own preceding reputation for being a violent and dilapidated place in current days, it also has an incredibly rich history involving the Industrial Revolution, which made the area a busy and booming location in its heyday. There is quite a bit of historical architecture that remains in the city, a lot of which is being rehabbed or repurposed for use in today's market. One of the student housing buildings on my college's campus is an old apartment building. I'm not sure exactly what year it was built, but like most of the surrounding historical apartment buildings, it has been there since the early 1900s. It has two towers with 12 floors, a rickety old elevator system, radiant heat, the old-style two-prong outlet plugs on every wall. A lot of the original character and design of the building remains the same as it was upon its creation. I was rooming on the seventh floor in an apartment-style suite with four other girls. Our room consisted of an entryway, a kitchen, two living spaces, one used as a living room, the other had our desks set up as a workspace, a full bathroom, a smaller bedroom, and what would have been considered a master bedroom with another attached full bathroom. Two of the girls shared the smaller bedroom, while the other three of us shared the master with the attached bathroom. Even though it was an old-style apartment building repurposed as student housing, there was somehow enough closets in there for each of us girls to have our own. I was lucky enough to claim the closet space that was in the master bedroom. It had the original turn-style knob handle on the original door from the 1900s. There was a lot of space in there because you could step inside a few steps before reaching the crossbar to hang your clothes on and behind it at the back of the closet was a stack of shelves we used to put our towels and soaps and things on. It was rather narrow and long and was kind of awkward having my clothes hanging in front of the shelving there. If someone had to go in there to get something, they'd have to push my hanging shirts out of the way first. There were many times I'd be in the room alone at night, which was dimly lit giving it a creepy yellow ambiance to begin with. But when I'd be hanging up my clothes after doing my laundry on those nights that I was alone, I could always sense a small child sitting on the floor inside the closet looking up at me as I opened the door. I don't think it was trying to be scary, but was almost hiding like it was attempting to be out of the way, and I had just suddenly stumbled upon its safe space. I never said anything to my roommates because I didn't want to scare them, 
and the boys that lived in the other apartment suite on our floor had been telling us there was a rumour that the seventh floor was haunted by a former student, which I always choked up to one of those stupid things that boys say to try and scare you because they think they're funny. I didn't think suggesting there might be a ghost child in one of our closets would do anything positive for our peace. It used to get really cold in that apartment. I would often wrap myself up in a blanket and close myself in our bathroom so I could be in close proximity to the radiator while trying to warm up. The bathroom was a closed space that if I turned the radiator on full blast, I could actually heat up pretty quickly when I sat there and waited for a little while. One evening, my roommates were out and I was there alone sitting on the couch watching TV in the living space. It was starting to get pretty chilly so I grabbed the blanket, sitting next to me, and covered myself up. I heard the familiar banging of the ancient radiator beginning to turn on, and started thinking that I might go and sit in the bathroom for a minute to try and warm myself up. Right before I was about to get off the couch, I heard this faint squeaking sound right next to my ear. I turned my head to try and see what the squeaking sound was, and when I looked over, I could see the knob on the radiator slowly turning by itself, as heat began to hiss loudly. I got startled and ran to the bathroom and slammed the door behind me. I waited for a bit until I could gather my nerves and calm myself down. Surely the knob was just vibrating from the knocks and pounds the radiator makes when it kicks on, right? I went back out to the living space and checked the handle, and it had been turned all the way up to the highest setting, which is not what it was set at when I had originally sat down. I know this because we had all agreed to keep the setting in the middle so all five of us would be comfortable and no one would be too warm or too cold. When my roommate that I am closest with returned from class, I explained to her what had happened. She assured me that I had to be embellishing my story and that the knob would sometimes jiggle when the radiator bangs if it's first turning on. But I had lived there long enough and had enough experience with radiators to know that this was not just a jiggle. A jiggle wouldn't make the old knob squeak and the steam heat begin to hiss louder and I could blatantly see the knob turning. I guess I'm glad I never said anything about the child in the closet. Fast forward two years and I was still attending the same college entering my junior year. While the apartment building I'd lived in previously is reserved for underclassmen, the rest of us had the option to live in off-campus housing. The school had just locked down a contract with a newly refurbished historical apartment building a few doors down from campus. Why they offered to let a bunch of college students stay there I'm not entirely sure, but I am aware that it was a try it out and see for the first year kind of situation. Basically to make sure we were going to be respectful and not trash it or disturb the other tenants. It is an absolutely grand and gorgeous, mostly original old historical Detroit building. It has ornate architectural details, lion head fountains in the entryway and a marble lobby. Walking in feels like taking a step back in time to when Detroit was a lavish and sought-after living location. The apartments all had their original front doors that were beautifully refurbished. They each had an old-style knob and lock, peephole, remnants to, but not working doorbells, and a type of old ventilation system that let you crack part of the door system open for airflow. Our apartment was on the third floor, at one of the ends of a T-shaped hallway. There was another apartment at the centre, where the main hallway dead-ended, and one at the other far end. Right next to our apartment door in the hallway, there was an auxiliary-type door. 
I'd always assumed it was a maintenance closet or something similar. We never paid much attention to it because who bothers a broom closet? Until one day we noticed the door wasn't latched. We still didn't pay any mind to it really. We walked by it a thousand times a day going back and forth to classes, whatever. But then a little while later, the door wasn't just unlatched, it was slightly open a crack. We kind of started thinking that was odd, that the building staff forgot to close it or something. Or we thought that maybe they were working somewhere and using the stuff inside and would come back to close it later. But the next time we walked by it was open enough for us to actually see what was inside. Behind the auxiliary door was an original apartment front door. One that had not been refurbished like all the others in the building. The colour on it was dingy compared to ours and the painted numbers at the top were worn. Taped to the front of the old apartment door was a handcrafted, crocheted, crucifix-style cross and a note in old-fashioned handwriting that read Do not disturb this door, its contents, or these items. Just looking at the door gave us girls an eerie feeling and then seeing the note and the cross attached to it was even worse and then reading that note made it absolutely horrifying. None of us dared to even look inside any time we passed by after that, as the door was slightly ajar for several days. In all honesty, I didn't even like walking by it after that. It made me feel as though something was trying to invite us in, or get us to look, or maybe get just a little too curious. Shortly after that, we noticed the door was suddenly closed when we came back after class one day. But it wasn't just closed, it had been screwed shut. They could have just put a lock on the door, but nope, big heavy screws are what they chose to keep this door from opening again. I still have so many questions about that whole thing. The only people that ever went anywhere near that door was anyone going in or out of the apartment. The girls I lived with were all pretty superstitious, scaredy cat types, so I know none of us did anything to mess with that door. Did one of the property owners come by to check on it and noticed it was open? Because none of us would even have known who to tell about the spooky door. And if they knew it needed to be monitored, why didn't they have it sealed before then? We never had any experiences while we lived there. It was pretty peaceful and quiet other than feeling the general nostalgia of the building and an imprint of energy that we weren't the first ones to have lived there. But nothing spooky like that. Sarah, reading your story has simply reminded me how much of an absolute moron I am. Because I can tell you now, cross on the door with spooky note or no cross on the door with spooky note, I would have to get into that apartment. I just, I would just have to. I know I'd be lying awake at night being like, but what, what is behind the door? What is there? I just want to know. Which is exactly why I like to think of myself as a final girl, but I wouldn't be a final girl in a horror film. I'd be the really overly cocky person who's like, (laughs) ghosts don't be stupid who dies really early on in the film. That'd be me. I always find it wild when I meet people like and people who write in who have this sense of being able to see things in their mind's eye and I've met people in real life who have this ability to be able to see people in their mind's eye and I think it's absolutely incredible but what always blows my mind is how blasé people are about it. You're just like oh there's a child in my closet um, but I'm just not going to tell you this because I don't want to freak them out. Hello? Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Are people who can see scary things 
just naturally brave or does the bravery come with the curse of being able to see scary things? And maybe, maybe that little ghost child was just trying to keep you warm by turning the radiators up. You know, maybe it was actually a good thing. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Anonymous and Sarah for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from June the 26th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website Podcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note i shall see you next time rory and kid here from the award-winning podcast this paranormal life every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax like the time a guy claimed he punched bigfoot or when a ufo showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people each episode has sound effects music and storytelling that feels so real you'll never sleep again you will stop it you're gonna scare away new listeners check out this paranormal life every tuesday wherever you listen to your podcasts